Well, hello everybody. Welcome to the latest edition, week four of the ENS Football Podcast, Deadline Day, the Aftermath Special. I'm here with two of my favourite people in the world, Mr. Tim Spears. Tim, how's it going? You can't say that every week. What? Well, you're here every week, so I want you to feel special. You sound nice and fresh today. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit, but, you know, I'm, I'm carrying on, as they say. Um, good day yesterday. The morning after, the night before. Yeah, it was absolutely. Unfortunately, there was no alcohol involved in this one. It was just a lot of staring at screens, but you guys got me through it. Very helpful. Um, great day. Thoroughly enjoyed it yesterday. We all did it for you, mate. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I am delighted to welcome, for the first time in week four, he is finally here, Mr. Warsaw himself, Mr. Joseph Massey. Joe, how's it going? It's going very well. Thank you very much for having me. Full debut today, so I'm very excited. Looking forward to getting going. And before we start... What a massive congratulations. A married man now, the women knocking on the door, they've got to stop now. Disappointed women in our office. <laughs> Off the market. Disappointed women in our office. Uh, how was it, mate? How was the day? It was amazing, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah, perfect day. We had some great weather, so it all went really well. And then two weeks on the west coast of America for my honeymoon. So, But back to it now. I'm looking forward to getting going. So many hearts broken in one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Robbie Keane left Wolves. 20,000 hearts just... A dagger through them collectively. I think the newsroom was in mourning. Did uh, I know John Whitney threatened to attend your wedding? He did, yeah, more than once. Yeah. And, uh, I was on edge throughout the whole day thinking John Whitney's going to rock up at any moment. Oh, I imagine that. He uh, promised to do a song as well, so uh, yeah, I was on edge because he sang it at his own wedding apparently, so he was threatening to sing at mine. But Has he got a bit of a voice on him, has he? Yeah, what? apparently so. Yeah, he's a good singer. I think he sang an Elvis song. He actually walked into his wedding singing an Elvis song. No I don't way. know if his wife knew about it at the time, but he, he wasn't. Did it. it wasn't at Walter Zenger's wedding chapel in the Oh, here we go. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, just just sensational day. And it's, it's, it's strange, isn't it? strange ring on your finger as well now, a little bit weighed down. Yeah, yeah, it feels really weird. Like you say, weddings are strange days. Everyone wants a piece of you, don't you? You can't move. You sort of have having conversations all the time. But, yeah, ring on the finger now does feel odd. But... Did you get drunk, though? That's the question. Yeah, I was, by the end of the night, yeah. <laughs> yes. I needed it, mate, to be honest. I had a few drinks before the speech to get me through that. And after that, it was one after the other, yeah. How did the speech go? Good. Well, mate, yeah, it's all right, yeah. Oh, good. Any jo- my notes a bit too much. Any jokes? One or two, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to repeat them, but <laughs> yeah, it went well, yeah. Mate, good to have you here. Thank um, you. So just three of us today, but what a day it was yesterday. Incredible day. and um, So much activity throughout the clubs. Plenty of comings, plenty of goings. A lot of people, you know, didn't, didn't arrive or weren't supposed to arrive or maybe did arrive, but we'll talk about that throughout the next 45 minutes or so. We're going to just go through each club talk about the incomings, the outgoings, and we'll have a little bit of a chat, we'll answer some questions, and we'll just basically, you know, analyse exactly what's gone on um, and what to expect over the next few months or so. Exciting for some, not so exciting for others, I suspect. Let's... Well, I wonder which one of our clubs he's talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything for you to decide, but let's start with Wolves. I mean, before yesterday, it was incredible, but wow, I mean, what a day yesterday. Obviously, you've got some... Some rumours on the Tuesday night um, in the Czech Trade Trophy that, that there could be something happening yesterday. And wow, did it, did it happen? It did. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, it kind of all went as, as expected yesterday. It was a bit surreal. I mean, you know, we, we got wind of it all, like you say, on like Monday and Tuesday, um, expecting the two deals to happen. And, and they did. But yeah, for the, for the fans, I mean, what a day. Broken the transfer record. Stearman is home. <laughs> uh, and a few outgoings as well, which were a little bit unexpected. So, yeah, Wolves are normally used to signing like Marcus Bent on transfer deadline day. I think that was like 2010. That was the big one. So, um, or like getting rejected by League One, League One clubs 
for like middle of the road, you know, has beens. So yeah, to, to get in a couple of players of that quality, um, absolutely fantastic for the club. Yeah, Stearman always comes back, doesn't he? I think he left initially to go to Ipswich, did he? And then came back after that loan, and then he did went on that loan. Yeah, of course, yeah. I forgot about that. Second homecoming <clears throat> for Richard Stearman. What um, it's, it's like a popular move, like such what a great PR move for Foson, just like bringing back the fans' favourite. Um, but generally, I think it make like a really big difference to the team. How this old year is as well. he now? He's twenty nine. Twenty nine is good age. But he like it's local from Wolverhampton. Loves the club. Really popular with a lot of like his teammates, like David was Danny Bart and all that. Um, but championship experience as well. Wolves been signing a lot mm. of like Benfica B Portuguese lads who don't have much championship experience. So uh, he's kind of the opposite. Well, the, there was there was obviously this signed a lot of players. The majority have been on loan. A little bit of worry amongst the fans that. You know they could be leaving if and when they don't. If they go up this season, if they don't go up, but they've signed someone permanently and a record signing, seven million pounds. I mean, this is a real statement of intent on a huge deal. Five years, Incredible. five years, which we definitely weren't expecting. Um, even di- Cavalero, yeah. Even Cavalero, it's it's difficult really. If Wolves if Wolves don't go up this year, I don't think Cavalero will be staying because you know Mendes has just moved him from Benfica to Monaco to Wolves. This this is what he does. Um, but but if if Wolves are going up with the squad that they've got, then you know the the, the sky's the limit. Really, they're, they're going places. But if this guy is as good as they say he is, mm. I mean, seven million pounds in today's mm-hmm. market. I mean, you've seen the, the sort of fees being bandied around all these clubs. I mean, if they don't go up, and fingers crossed they do, and fingers crossed they're giving themselves a chance now to at least be in that playoff race. If he's head and shoulders above the competition, I mean, Wolves could be making double treble that money with the, the way things are going. <clears throat> I'm not going to read too much into the fee, though. I mean, he cost £13 million for Monaco last year, and he hasn't halved in value no. over a year. This is, just, this is just what Mendes does. He takes his players around the clubs. He decides on the transfer fees as well. It's all, it's all, he's, he's the one that's, that's pulling the strings here. Um, but, there's, but there's no doubt in his quality, Portuguese international. Um, I mean, you know, he's, he's talked of as being good enough for like the Champions League and the Premier League. So for Wolves, for Wolves to have him, it shows you it shows you the market that they're playing in now, and just the work that Foson and Jorge Mendes have done, and and the doors that they've opened to the club. Richard Stearman, we've mm. we've mentioned him. I mean, I put a, I put a poll out on Tuesday night, and it was mixed. Uh, some people are absolutely buzzing. Some people not convinced. A lot of people not happy. I mean, I think personally, this could be one of the shrewdest moves they make in the window. Well, I mean, you talk about polls. Last September, the, September the 1st today, right? He was sold on September the 1st last year. We did a poll of 6,000 fans and 82% said it was a bad idea to sell him. So that shows you the strength of feeling at the time. Now, he's had a bit of an iffy season with Fulham, mm-hmm. which has maybe put a few doubts in people's minds. Um, I think the reaction was quite mixed on Tuesday night, but once they saw the interview with him yesterday and what he was saying about how emotional it is for him to come back, how much he loves the club... Um, I think he's kind of won a few more people around yesterday and I think he'll be a really kind of key cog in um, in the Wolves machine this year. It's just it's just just bizarre that he's come back. I was, I was, I was thinking what it reminded me of yesterday. Do you ever used to watch uh, Neighbours? when when Har- when, love Neighbours. Remember when, Har- loved Neighbours. Do you remember when Harold Bishop went missing for a yeah. year and then he came back? <laughs> was it on for record? It, for, that, for, that, like that. for that glorious yeah. return. Yeah. But, he, but he came back with amnesia so he didn't know who anyone was, which is kind of like Stearman because he's come back to the Wolves now <laughs> and doesn't know who anyone is anymore. <laughs> Um, but great to have him back and it'll be better than first time around. Excited. Um, obviously, he's got 10, 10 days or so to, to bed in with his squad before Burton. Are we expecting to see him start? Are you expecting to see him contend? Obviously, they haven't been particularly strong at centre-back this year. Well, they've been strong in the form of Danny Bart. Danny Bart, had a great start to the season. But, but Courtney Hawes has, mm. has made a few mistakes. 
Um, so is Iorfa as well when he's been at centre-half. So, so there's, there's an open position there and I fully expect him to start. Very interesting. So many players coming in. How many in total? This 13? summer, 13. 12 since July the 21st. People had to go. There were mm. three who went yesterday. Well, if um, so they've got three three players out injured long-term at the moment. That's Mike Williamson, Jordan Graham. Chiro. And Chiro. Um, if they're fit, Wolves have got 28 first-team players. And I mean first-team, you know, mm-hmm. not, not kids. First-team mm-hmm. players. Fringy, yeah. So so if they hadn't got rid of those three yesterday, it would have been 31. So they've had to do some trimming. They're gonna have, that's going to be Zenga's biggest problem this season, keeping people happy and... Um, it's it's difficult. What route do you go down? I mean, Burnley had like a like a solid eleven like every week last year. Mm-hmm. Do you go down that route, or or is squad rotation going to work in the championship? Can you keep everyone happy? Burnley seems to do remarkably well in injuries. Though, don't they? I think it was that the same true. when they went out the year before. Yeah, it seems to never get never get any major injuries. I know they had Ings injured. That's when they got up to the Premier League. Mm. No, you're right. But you need a, you need a big squad, I think. But 28 is an awful lot of players. 28 is an awful lot. Like I said, they're all they're all first team players. But yeah, um, James Henry was the kind of surprise departure. But there's there's no room left for him anymore. So where does Jordan Graham stand then once he's back? It's in, in a similar position, in theory, not much room for him because Wolves have got Wolves have signed three wingers: Helder Costa, Cavalero, and Ola John. And you imagine they're all going to play being Zenk. And Jed Wallace is the fourth who start the season really, really oh, well, yeah, which is why Wallace. which is why he stayed at the club and why Henry's left. I think it's between those two as to who who left. So yeah, where does Graham fit in? We don't know. Championship Messi, as you call him. Ozil. Ozil. Yeah, Ozil. Yeah. Ozil. The assist king. The assist king, that's it. <laughs> you love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. <laughs> we ran a poll last night at eleven o'clock. How happy are you with the you know the transfer mm-hmm. activity? Yes, you know, are you happy with it? Yes or no? Ninety four percent of Wolves fans happy with the activity, and you can understand <clears> it. <throat> the good thing, from my point of view, is, is that these signings. I know we've discussed this you know at length before, but the ones that we have seen that have come in, whether you think they're willy nilly or you think that these have been planned, all of them have shown that they they've got real ability. So the fact that they've brought more people in, okay, we know what Stearman can do, but that this Caballero. I mean, it's exciting times, and it's. I think now, after now, now we can draw a line under all these signings at least until January. There's now an expectation, at least from the from the fans' point of view, that they 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 want to challenge this year. Now, whether that was the expectation from the club at the start of the season, I'm not quite sure. However, personally, I think they've got a real chance to be. I'm not saying top two, but but to really have a good go at, at going for the playoffs this season. Promotion's the aim this year. Like they won't come out and say it like it's promotion or nothing. But it is, of course, it is. I mean, I had a chat with the new with the new Jez, uh, Laurie Dalrymple, a couple of weeks ago. Really good interview in Express and Star, and he said all these ambitions they've got about making it big in China, making it big on the world stage, making the club hugely profitable, expanding the club. You can't do that in the Championship. No. So you've got, you've got to be in the Premier League as soon as possible, and that's and all the that's why they brought all these loan players in, um, and Silvio on a one year contract, etc. So that if they don't go up this year, these players these players won't be hanging around. Um, Traditionally, loan players don't doesn't tend to work, though, does it? I mean, what Watford's Watford's the um, the exception to the rule, isn't yeah, it? And I think true. that's the kind of route they're going down. They had a link with Udinese, as is with Benfica. Yeah. Um, so you're right about the quality that's been brought in, and I think it's good that he's got such a big squad because we don't know how we don't know how these players are going to react to a 46 game championship season if they're coming from Benfica B or elsewhere and they haven't had a lot of football um, in recent years. You know, you're not going to you're not going to come in and play 46 games. As Zenga's already said that, he wants his players to play like 20 games at an optimum level maybe, rather than 40 where they're just going to burn out. He said that a couple of times now. 
So, so the key is is, is going to be is going to be when knowing when to rest players, when to drop players. I mean, Texera came in. We saw how good he was in the first couple of games. He had a little dip, and he's taken him out of the team now. Mm-hmm. And then Wallace has come in and taken up that mantle. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the kind of thing that we'll see over the season. You know, Bod Varson will get tired at some point. He's been playing all summer for Iceland. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he dips out, maybe Dicko will come back in. And I think we'll see that throughout a lot of the season. We won't be seeing many players playing forty odd games. It's it's a diff- different way of doing it. Um, it's, like I said, it's going to be a difficult difficult juggling act, but. He's certainly got the quality in the mm. squad um, to get Wolves in and around the top two. I'm convinced of that. So, folks have put a bit of money into this, haven't they? I guess with these so, signings. I mean, is, is, is who, who needs the credit? Is it, is it she? Is it, is it Zenga? Is it Beauty? Is it Mendes? Is it Thelwell? Um, I don't really think it's Zenga. I mean, I, I don't think he's been heavily involved in these in these transfers whatsoever. It's it's been Thelwell um, and and Jorge Mendes <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, and then you've got Andrea Beauty involved as well. And obviously, Foson with the vision and the money. I think they spent fourteen million on transfer fees, mm. but they'll have spent a lot on loan fees as well. The Indeed. wage bill has rocketed, um, but, it's, but it's not—it's not huge compared to like Villa and I mean, Villa have been spending that on one player, haven't mm-hmm. they? Um, and Newcastle as well. So it's—it's it's kind of prudent spending. Like I said, with the loan players that are coming in, they're not going to be costing a lot of money, but they're still of very good quality. Do you feel there was money there when they came in? Some some money from from a phobia that was still there and that, that they've used towards it, or have they put all this money in themselves? Do you think? I, I don't know. I don't know specifically where the money's come from, but they said they spend thirty million over two years. They spent about half of that. Um, they said they'd bring in eight players. They bought in twelve. So you know, they're, they're, it's not just talk, is it? So far, they're delivering on their promises. Have they said they're done for the season. Sorry, or do you think they'll sign more in January? There's no way in a million years. I'll, I'll be very surprised in January if something, if something doesn't happen. Especially well, if they're there or thereabouts. Depends how it goes. Though, yeah, it? of course it does. I mean, I can't see this going absolutely <clears throat> doing a U-turn and, and them just plummeting. I think that the, there's no way from the squad that I've seen at the moment and the depth of the squad they've got that they're not going to be, I'm not saying top four, not saying top six, but top eight come come Christmas time. I'd be incredibly surprised if they're not. I think, I think they will be. I think um, the issue so far has been the defence, if they get that sorted. But the issue might be scoring goals because I don't think they've got a 25-goal uh, season striker. Um, but I, I think the quality that they've got, and with Zenga's kind of motivational abilities, I can see them picking up picking up points where they maybe shouldn't, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, and being in and around there without a doubt. Team cohesion is massive, though. Yeah. And this performed for twenty games a season that is new. I don't think we've never had a manager say that before. So that is Zenga's idea, isn't it? So it is a risk because he's never managed over here before. He's in a completely new league. Yes, yeah, so it'd be risk. interesting it to see how that works out because. Players need to play together. Football's all about partnerships. And, and they're chopping and changing every week. And team spirit as well. We've mentioned this yeah, a couple of times. Spirit. But Wolves' squad last year, they had most of the squad was between 20 and 25 and British. right? And it and you know the cliche about close-knit squad. I mean, it genuinely was. They're very, very close. They all kind of get on. Not many cliques. Now, you go, you've got a lot of Portuguese players who don't speak a lot of English. Yeah. Uh, well, you've got, you've got 12 new players. So, so how, how do you engineer a collective team spirit out of that? It's, it's, it's tough. And it's not the be-all and end-all. Team spirit doesn't get you promoted, but it does help. But it and, helps, and, and yeah. cohesion and a spine of the team as well. We haven't, we haven't seen a spine in this team whatsoever, have we? Mm. Um, so the spine's got form, and it's, it's all going to happen quite quickly. So in that way, it is a risk. Yeah. So from the sublime yeah. to the, I'm going to say ridiculous, but that'll be preempting it. Um, West Brom. Mm, yeah. Watford's Alan Nyan in on deadline day, three million pounds. Hal Robson Carno, delighted that that went on till about half past eleven last night, uh, way after the deadline day before that was confirmed. But yeah, about uh, he's coming as well as a free agent, and that's it uh, on deadline day. Talks about Ujoa from Leicester. Talks for about 
William Carvalho, 21 to 30 million pounds. Uh, Ignacio Camacho, 15.3 million pounds. Musa Sissoko, 30 million or 20 million plus. Callum McManaman, Alan Nyman, Hal Robson, Carnu. I mean, Matt, Matt Wilson's not here, so we'll, we'll obviously touch on it today. Probably not as in depth as we would like. I'm sure. I'll speak to Matt next week, but. I mean, talk about underwhelming. I think Wolves would have been underwhelmed with those two signings, mm -hmm. to, to be honest. I mean, you had you had the Rob, Robson Carney thing kind of um, came out at the same time that Wolves were making their record transfer for seven million, which is the contrast is crazy. You know, I, I wonder, I wonder what Pulis thinks of all this. To be honest, he he can't be happy with this, can he? What do you think? I don't think so. No. I mean, the whole Robson Carney thing screams if they felt like they had to get something Absolutely. done. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. obviously, free agent, they could have mm -hmm. signed him whenever. Mm -hmm. um, but they're obviously disappointed with what's happened and they want a headline, and so they've snapped up how Robson Carney, who's played a blinder, having uh, oh. left Reading, and yeah. I don't think he's been linked with a move to the Premier League while he was at Reading, was he? And then all of a sudden, he goes to the Euros and yeah. does, did very well, and now he's got a Premier League move and a that's, a, da that's a, a dangerous strategy, though, isn't it? Remember El has Juve at a great World, <laughs> oh, World yeah, Cup? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, two who left on deadline die. Pocanoli, who's, who's, who's not gone to Brighton, he's ne never really had a kick under Pulis. Obviously, obviously Pulis doesn't fancy him. Fair enough. Um, they've got Galloway in now, who looks a useful player against Middlesbrough. I think he'll be decent, but again, not one who's, who's going to set the world alight. I mean, when when they signed Galloway and then and then Wolves signed Borthwick-Jackson a couple of hours later, I mean, uh, I would probably take Borthwick Jackson, although we haven't seen him yet, so we'll, we'll see about that. But you know, it's not it's not the excitement that the Albion fans are, are wanting, and and this is a team that are by no means safe in the Premier League this year. And I think they're in serious trouble watching them this season. That they are going to be good. They've got a re I know it's a scrap some years, but this is probably one of Tony Pulis's biggest tasks now to keep this side up. Well, I agree. I mean, the club's on a real downer, isn't it? I mean. Even they even managed to get a takeover that didn't really excite the fans, you know, by all accounts. Yeah. Speaking to Matt Wilson and speaking to other Albion guys, um, that was kind of an underwhelming takeover, like old more the Chinese Jeremy Peace he's, he's been dubbed as. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so kind of more of the same. Well, that, 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 that was right. what I said, yeah, wasn't that it? Very good, um, yeah. And, and the hot, yeah, the, we, we saw a small crowd against Everton, didn't we? You know, first game with the new owners and all that, free drink um, and a defeat there. Um, I think... We, we we ran a poll about Pulis's future and that what what were the results on that, Judah? Um, I think it was 30, 30% with him, seventy percent to go. So the fans are fans against the manager. They haven't made any new signings. The whole club's the whole club's just got like a cloud of negativity over it. Mm -hmm. You know the trump card is Pulis because he can he's never I don't, he's never been relegated from the Premier League, has he? Um, but then you've got issues with Berahino, etc., etc., etc. I mean it's it's just recipe for disaster, isn't it? On the face of it. The good news is they got Pulis and he will keep that, them up. Yeah. I'm sure he will keep them Do you think them so? Yeah, just just probably by the skin of his teeth. But, I mean, it is dire. You take, you take Rondon out of that team, struggling big yeah. time for me. I mean, he's got to get something out of Sido now, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. just got to because they've got absolutely so, so little up front. Well, he but has to, but, I mean, against Middlesbrough, he's he's not only on the bench, but Jonathan Lecco's coming on before him. So, I, I mean, I don't know where he fits in. I mean, I, I can see... I think... They've obviously played hardball with Berahino, I understand that, but if he's not going to get used this season to, you know, he'll be playing every single week, and you've got to question his attitude. His attitude's been questioned, you know, in the last 18 months, and it's obviously there's obviously a serious problem there. I mean, 15, 20 million pounds. If they're missing out on players like like Carvalho because they, they can't stop another they want another five million pounds and, and Camacho and they could have they could have got them in if 
you know, if Berahino had been sold, I just think that they've made a grave mistake. And I think the planning hasn't been there. I don't think the timing of the takeover was particularly good. And, and I think, you know, I've got some kind of sympathy from, from West Brom on that. But at the same time, if you're a West Brom fan, I mean, I feel, well, I'll say about the poll. We, we launched the poll last night. Um, exactly the same. Are you happy with West Brom's transfer activity? 13% yes, 87% no. That's over 2,000 votes. So you can understand that the fans are frustrating. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm seriously seriously worried for the future. But if, if they're going to kind of play their way out of trouble with some free-flowing football and 4-3 wins every week, then you might you might and go mm. and go down in an entertaining way. You might accept it. But but the kind of football mm. that they're going to be playing to try and stay in the Premier League, are, are fans going to be happy with that? Not at all. And they're taking a massive chance with Sido as well, because I know he's a youngster, so they get compensation when he leaves. If he goes to the Premier League club, they'll probably get about 20 million. If he goes abroad, they'll get substantially less. So it's three or four million and they won't have the money to reinvest either. They should have done more Albion in the window with a TV deal. I know they, they broke the transfer record with Chadley, didn't they? That was, was that 13 million? 13 million, yeah. it was million, a transfer yeah. record, I think. I think 12 Premier mm-hmm. League clubs mm-hmm. broke their transfer record, but they mm-hmm. haven't done anywhere near enough. And there's just no glamour around the club at all. No, I, I'm, I'm seriously worried for them. And, um, you know, fingers crossed they, they pick up. But, yeah, I think that, that Tony Pulis could be maybe the one who makes way for, for potentially things that have happened above him that, that weren't, you know, weren't his weren't his control. Like, what, what have they got to be excited about this year? I mean, the, you know, they lost lost in the League Cup last week. You know, as, as Matt Wilson rightly said on Twitter, you know, they should really be having to go in the League Cup. What what they got to play for in the league other, yeah. than, other than 14th. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So everything's just on a down at the moment. You you, you do fear for them and, and you feel for the fans as well. What teams did he play in the League Cup? Was it full strength or? Uh, they played about, they played six or seven regulars and Berahino played. I think that's shocking that and six or seven regulars in that. Yeah, but you've got to go for it for a club like Albion. For a club like Albion, I know Northampton are a, were a decent runner. I don't think they've lost at home since January or something ridiculous. However, yeah, but that's because they were in League Two last season. Yeah, but however, you still, you still got to if you've got a squad of West Brom Premier League talent, you still go there. You still got to beat Northampton. Well, these these Premier League managers make me laugh about about the schedule. They don't want extra games. You know, Wolves have got forty six <laughs> games this year plus League Cup plus FA Cup plus um, EFL trophy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Checker trade. <laughs> he loves a sponsor this guy <laughs> what, what, right. do you want a free checker trade what, 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 what is checker trade I don't know but didn't we get some freebies at one of the, the Warsaw Wembley thing we got some sort of charges with NPAL whatever it was when, when they you know I mean there might be some nice things at Wembley come the end of the season checker trade I don't know I wouldn't hold your breath maybe a hand warmer or something <laughs> well, I completely lost my train of thought sorry so so what they, they play what seven or eight games to get to the final mm. of that and then it's a 46 game season is that really a problem for extremely fit Premier League footballers and a you know, decent-sized squad. Well, Pulis says that ability-wise, they might not be the best in the league, but he prides himself on being one of the fittest in the league. So why so. don't they play the best team at Northampton and get through? That's it's an appalling decision. Nonsense to me. I'm not being a fan of that. Absolutely furious. You're not going to win the FA Cup. I know Pulis loves the FA Cup, mm-hmm. but the Premier League is so strong. Absolutely. Like Liverpool are good, aren't they, but might not finish in the top four. You mm-hmm. can easily see Liverpool winning the FA Cup. Yeah. It's probably their one chance to do anything this season. And 16th in the League Cup's a great season, isn't it, for Albion? And it's not all about winning the League Cup. If you get to the quarterfinals, beat a couple of teams on the way, get to, yeah, get to the semis, it, yeah, just, play, yeah. players just want to play football matches and win them. Yeah. You know, you're in the League Cup for a bit extra, so you take a couple of days less training and you play a football match. Well, you know, what, what's, what's, I know it's all, this is all makes it sound very simple and easy, but that, that's the route that you've got to take for me. If you're going to have a manager that's just going to keep you in the Premier League, which is what Pulis is, he's got to have a go in the Cups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got to have some, something to look forward to, haven't you? Otherwise, 
why would you pay your money every week? Especially when you're watching that brand of football as well. Have we got any good news for Albion? This is this is a bit negative. Yeah, Johnny yeah, Evans stayed. Johnny Evans if, stayed. If, he, oh, if yeah. I was him, I'd have put in a transfer request. I, I've got the best news for Albion fans and the best business they've done deadline day by a country mile. Just going to be a joke? No. This is the best business they did. In fact, the best business they did in the window. They got rid of Ricky Lambert to Cardiff City. Oh, this is harsh on Ricky no, Lambert. No, no, no. Ricky, if you're listening, I'm so sorry, Ricky, if you're listening. That is, that is shocking. Sorry. Remember scored against Scotland? Sorry. Oh, brilliant. Sorry. For them to get rid of Ricky Lambert, not, and I thought they'd get rid of him on loan, for a two-year <laughs> deal is an absolute master. Whoever's pulled that off, I'm telling you, I've seen him. I don't know what's happened, but... He is an absolute. I mean, he's he's admitted himself he was horrendous last season. Even he when he got a the chance. Winner against Wolves, you'll be eating your words. Sorry, I'm all I can think of is Carlos. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm not having a go. Well, I am having a go. I mean, Albion fans are listening to this. They'll agree. I mean, he's just completely lost it. His legs have gone. I'm sure. You know, obviously, he was great at Southampton, but it's just been a steady decline. And to get him gone off the books, I mean, for me, that's the best bit of business that they've done. You're coming to Cardiff away with me, and you're sta- <laughs> you're standing by the tunnel. And when he scores a hat trick, you are you are stood right. Not... He's coming for you. I'm going to point you out as well. What for the last five minutes when he comes on? I, I promise you. I tell you what, I have a sports and bet with you now. He doesn't score more than five. Sporting bet. He loves yeah, a bet. It's it? a sporting bet. Sporting bet. A large Costa. As soon as you're drinking your Costa and you haven't brought them in for us. Well, that's no, fine, no, Joe. It's fine. It's no, no problem. Thirsty, but... I'll bring uh, two, two tall Costas for the rest of the podcasts next season. If Ricky Lambert scores more than five goals, I'll give you them. You give me them the other way This season? This season. Oh, five I'll goals. That. I'll okay. take that right now. Yeah? Yeah? Yes. Okay, no problem. <laughs> right, done. There you go. You heard it first there. I don't think he'll score. I think he'll score five goals or less. You get six or more, yeah? He never misses okay? a penalty. Mm. He never gonna... misses penalties. Likes right. a free kick as well, doesn't he, I think? Yeah. yeah. He'll get five goals in the championship. Okay, we'll see yeah. that then. Okay. Well, I'll look forward we'll, to that. We'll, throughout the season, we'll see. We'll, we'll do a Ricky Lambert watch. How's that? I'm sure the readers will be well into that. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully <laughs> the, the listeners. Hopefully the listeners will be there for oh, It's been okay. a long, long week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's move on. Uh, why are you here, Joe? Let's talk about Walsall, of course. Um, just on, obviously, very busy summer, incredibly busy summer, just a huge turnaround of a squad. Mm-hmm. Deadline day, I mean, tough to lose Rico Henry. Yeah, it's a massive blow. He's such a talented player. Um, fans, obviously, devastated. It's a, it's a difficult one because it's been a great, it's a great deal for Walsall. A lot of fans, a few fans are upset about the fee, um, but Walsall took the unprecedented step yesterday of actually confirming the fee. Transfers are always undisclosed at Walsall. Um, but they confirmed yesterday it's initial 1.5 million, um, right, potentially rising to 5 million. We don't know what the clauses are. The add-ons are slightly. It'll be Brentford get promoted to the Premier League. It'll be appearances. It might even be if he plays, goes on and plays for a senior England mm-hmm. side. Um, but as great as Rico Henry is, and he is an outstanding talent and an outstanding young player, at this moment in time, as of yesterday, he was a League One left-back. So for 1.5 million, rising to 5 million, you can't really moan for a League One left-back. But I think fans are just upset because he's the tenth departure of the summer, um, and the last of the the, the big boys. Once or the, the, the yeah, the, they've got a couple. Real. Neil Etheridge is still there, the goalkeeper. Kira Morris is such an exciting winger, so he's still at the club, and they've still got James O'Connor and Adam Chambers experience. But but with like your Bradshaws and your Sawyers, but Bradshaw's you know, gone. Yeah. Sawyers has gone. Dimitri has mm. gone. Laukovic has gone. Mantham's gone. The big big players have left, and it's just it's just heartbreaking, really, because. They've got one of the lowest budgets in the league. They were one point away from going up last season. and oh, that's, that's so tough. It's so tough. Yeah. They're, on, they're on the brink of the championship. And if they'd gone up, I think it's eight million you get in the TV deal for going up. And then they probably would have kept sure. the vast majority of the players. And yeah, they've missed out on, in the playoffs. And then they've seen everyone go. 
it's so sad when that happens. It's the saddest do, do, story. Do you, remember when, do you remember when Valencia got to the Champions League final and they were brilliant, but all like, um, where was Balak at? By Leverkusen. Yeah. And they have a great team, they don't win yeah, anything, and then they all fall apart. Pablo Aymar, I remember it. Pablo, oh, what player, yeah. that, that curly little afro. But yeah, on a very on a very kind of smaller scale. Yeah. It's just it's just a, such a shame, like it's you say. So close to going up and then the whole team's just kind of falling apart. And I think if they could have kept Rico, I think it's just, I think fans are obviously upset, but they sort of come to terms with all the departures because Whitney has signed a lot of really promising players. There is still a lot of, a lot to be positive about, but I think Henry going yesterday was really the straw that broke the camel's back. And... They obviously knew that he was, he was probably going to go, that they've obviously at least addressed that and, and brought Scott Laird in, which, you know, not the worst player, not the worst replacement. Okay, he's on loan to the end of the season, but he'll fit in pretty well, I would have thought. Yeah, he's only on loan till January initially. Um, from from everyone we're hearing, he is a good he is a good League One left back. He likes to get forward as well, so he brings that attacking threat that Rico brought. Get the gaffer likes him, doesn't he? Since yeah, already. Shout, shout, shout out to him, the gaffer. Yeah, yeah big uh, Preston fan, so he knows him from his time there. Should we ask for overtime as well again? Uh, I did ask him on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> how how did that go? I did go very well. <laughs> <laughs> he sent he sent a little gift, uh, laughing and saying no. So, what about the, uh, the pizzas? Is he, is he covering the pizzas that we got last night? On expenses? Yeah. Missed out on that, didn't I? Pizzas. Was that a Russell Yule treat? Yeah. Yeah, our team sports editor, but uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be claiming that on expenses or trying to trying to push a little piece of paper through the editor's door later on today. Good luck with that. But just overall, for, for more so, because we haven't, we haven't spoken to you, incredible turnaround of, of a squad and... You know, still trying to find the feet and an identity, it looks like, in, in, in the games that, that, have, that have gone on so far. Definitely still trying to find their feet. I mean, they've got, Walsall's got its own identity, really. They're, they're always going to play the same way. They're always going to try and keep the ball on the deck. John Whitney's not going to change that. Um, but yeah, it's the start. We all know when Smith came in, it was pretty much the start of a five-year plan. Really, really worked, really. At the end of that five-year plan, everything was going great, but obviously Smith left. And now it looks like Whitney's at the start of a, of a three-year plan. He says he obviously has, he's not going to get the time that Smith got to do it. Um, Walsall fans, they know about, I was talking about team cohesion earlier, Walsall fans have seen how a team can grow together. They know the benefit of patience and they can see if you sort of have that nucleus and then you add one or two over a couple of years, you do grow, you do become a better side and you can have a really good go. Um, but obviously we live in a world where everyone wants instant success, so it's going to be really difficult for John Whitney. But with a bit of patience, a bit of time, can, there's no reason why this season, mid-table, maybe pushing towards the playoffs would be fantastic really, but... If he can sort of lay those foundations next season, or maybe even the season after, they should give it a good go. I think that game the other day was a bit set a few alarm bells ringing. Was it Barry three 0 up and then three three? Yeah. I mean that hints at a bit of a soft underbelly, mm. doesn't it? And a, and a weak defence. Fair enough, or it was, it, was it, it one off? It hints at a young a young side, which is what Walsall are. They haven't got a lot of experience. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, it's not. I mean, I wasn't at that game, but I've seen it a few times in football where I think people say two 0s are dangerously, but three 0 um, I've seen it a few times where teams have come out and scored immediately after half time. Normally, if you're 3 0 down at half time, you've had a rollicking, haven't you, from your manager? And if you come out and score within 60 seconds, and I've seen it a couple of times over the last couple of years where teams have done it, and then all of a sudden the momentum is with them, and on yeah. they go. And so, look, I mean, don't get me wrong, 3 0 up and not winning the game is an absolute disaster. Um, but it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Um, and Warsaw will learn from it. They're a young team, they've got managers who were John Whitney first full season in charge so they'll grow together um, and fingers crossed we saw in a Johnston Pay- oh it's not Johnston Pay trophy anymore is it a checker trade trophy no, no, checker trade when they conceded in that against Grimsby the other night you could see a few nerves but 
Whitney had said to them, you need to be on the front foot once you can see the goal. And they, they had sort of learned from Bury already. So I think it's, it's all about time, which I know no fan wants to hear. They want success now, but a little bit of patience. And I mean, John Whitney, I said it in the paper many times, there's no one will work harder for Walsall. He's literally working around the clock to bring success. So he just needs a little bit of patience and some support. And I think they'll be all right. Where do they finish then this year? That was one of the first questions I've got. I was going to answer the mailbag later. Where are Walsall going to finish this year? We, we save that to later then? No, well, we'll answer it now. Let's go for it. Before the season, I predicted eighth. Um, I thought eighth would be a good season. A bit there of a flirt go. with the playoffs and then maybe just fall short. Um, I'm going to go about 12th now. Mm, I think Rico, en- Rico Henry is a loss. Um, a massive loss. But, and it is just this transition period. But they've got, they've got good players. A lot of them are injury prone, but Whitney will get them fit. You talk about a three-year plan that, that, that Whitney's got, not the five-year that, that Dean Smith potentially had. In that three-year plan, is the first year just stability? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the expectations are high because of last season. And when you... I mean, they were outstanding last season. And when you see your team winning every week, you want it to continue. So that's where fans are starting from, really. But I think realism dictates that they have to just lay foundations for this season. I think you want to allay any fears of relegation as soon as possible, don't you? Yeah. You don't want to be you don't want to be in danger of being sucked sucked down there by Christmas, do you? I think that's that's the first few months are gonna be important. Yeah, and it's such an equal league. There's not much between the teams. And I think momentum is everything. I'd really think after Christmas, once they've had these couple of months just to bed in, I think after Christmas and the new year they'll really kick on. Um so it's almost find your feet now, kick on. Mid-table, maybe, and then go from there. Question to the fans. Are you happy with Walsall's transfer activity? Tim, what do you reckon the percentages were? Yes and no. Uh, maybe like 60 or 70 against. Was it not happy? So, what, 30, 70? Yeah. Joe? I think it's going to be something like 85. When did you do the poll first? 11 o'clock last night. 11 o'clock, well, 11 o'clock last night after they've just sold arguably the best player. I'm going to say something like 80% say no. Okay, Tim Spears wins that. Um, 35% happy, 65%. Uh, turns out I know more about Warsaw fans. There you go, that's done <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be a transitional period. And like you say, I mean, if you ever want someone to do well in football, it's John Whitney and Tim. He's just infectious in, in his attitude and just, just being around him. You, I really hope Warsaw do give the fans something to cheer about and they can turn it around and you never know. If, if they come top half at Christmas time, maybe make a little bit of a run or a little bit of a sweat towards the playoffs would be fantastic, wouldn't it? I think that'd be a good first season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, I think that'd be the perfect first season, really, wouldn't it? If they could flirt with the playoffs, that'd be outstanding and build on it from there. But like you say, you've met John Whitney once or twice. Mm. It's, diff- it's different from us for fans because we do build the relationships with players and managers. We do get to know them personally. And that's great <clears throat> being in the lower league sometimes because, you know, Tim and, and, and Matt, I think, you know, the relationships with, with the managers, it's, it's very formal and they understand that because obviously they, actually, they get shot down quite a lot and, you know, they're kind of like on a back foot. But when you get down to that level, it's a pleasure really to speak to, to people in such, you know, close quarters. And I think John Whitney's just, just brilliant, isn't he? Oh, he's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's a pleasure for us to do. He's just a genuinely, genuinely nice guy who wants to do his absolute best of all. So I don't think fans could really ask much more than that. And I'm sure given time, he will be a success. We're just going to touch on Villa. Um, Matt May is not here. He was supposed to come and join us, but I don't think he's going to be. He's waiting for some breaking news potentially. Um, but he don't think he's regarding going to come Albion, that is. Potentially regarding Villa fans getting excited. Yeah. No, 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 you don't know. Um, but um, so we're just waiting for that. But I don't think he's going to come in. But yeah, two obviously. I mean, they've spent. I think I read today that, that Villa have spent more money than Real Madrid. No this, way. Sure. This, this transfer window. I mean, what a stat that is! Incredible. 
turn around and play. I think it says more about Real Madrid's business than Villa's, <laughs> but still. <laughs> I don't know. They spent they spent a lot of money, and you know, yesterday quiet compared to to what what Villa have done in recent weeks. But Albert Doma coming in for Middlesbrough. I mean, obviously me being you know big big Borough fan, I mean, it's just a shame to to lose a Doma. I think he's very good on the on the right wing and Premier League talent coming into someone who lit up the Championship last year. I think it's a great signing. Um, Doma Traore leaves in the other direction. Two separate deals. Um, came in from Barcelona to, to Villa. Didn't do anything really. Um, and I think he was he was he was going nowhere fast. I talk Karanka knows about him, and um, he's brought him brought him to the Riverside. But just overall, from from a Villa point of view, it's very strange because they've signed so many players and players that I think, like we said, like like I think Wolf some of the Wolf signings that Albion be happy with. I think exactly the same for Aston Villa. Some Aston Villa fat signings would have. I think Tony Tony Pulis would have leapt up to, to get some of them. Been delighted to get some of them through the door. Apart from James Chester. Maybe apart from James <laughs> I mean, Chester. He doesn't seem too enamoured with <laughs> No, he doesn't. But it's strange that they've got all these players, and I think, like like you know, with, with saying to Joe, with, with Walsall, there is a bedding in period there. But they haven't started the season particularly strongly, and I think this is probably the best time to play them before, you know, three or four more weeks. And I, I think then they're probably going to you know hit the ground running, really. Still, still got a hangover, haven't they, I think? And they still haven't won away. What mm-hmm. is it? A year now since mm-hmm. they won away. Um, I, I I feel quite optimistic for Villa. I think McCormack and Codger and Gested. I mean, can, you can't get much more proven Championship quality than those three up front. Grealish pulling strings in midfield. Yedinak's great signing. Oh, what a signing! Um, Chester and Elphick at the back. Mm-hmm. Elphick's great signing. Yeah. Not sure about the keeper. From what I've seen, no, he looks but, a little bit, a little bit suspect. Absolutely. But um, no, I feel really optimistic about Villa this season. I think I think they'll be right up there. They're very, very different to Wolves, aren't they, in the sense that they've bought experience. All the players they've signed know the English game. Mm-hmm. Most of them know the league. And they've spent the league... a lot of money, though. If they don't go up this year, I mean, I, I think Tony Zia's finances aren't that clear. Is that right? They, they don't really know how much he's, he's worth. <clears throat> but yeah. you'd be a bit worried for them if they didn't go up this year. I mean, spent all that money and all the, with all those wages. You know, what happens to Villa in the long term? There's no guarantee, though. I mean... Well, no, I mean, you, you got, you've got Wolves, Villa and Newcastle who, who spent a lot of money and, and pinned all their hopes on promotion this mm-hmm. season. There's only three teams that have got up. You've got Norwich, Derby, mm-hmm. Ipswich. Yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe's a bit of an Ipswich fan, isn't it? Oh, did you sign Kitely in the end, by the way? No, I didn't go through. Oh, oh, no, yeah. no way. I think it was Kitely and Connor Washington deals didn't go through. Connor Washington? I didn't see that one. I've been into Wolves a few times, haven't you? Connor Washington. Well, yeah, Jess Moxie phoned, phoned <laughs> Peter about him famously last uh, last window. Oh, that's a shame. About Kitely, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I keep an eye on because you're kind of Wolves reserves, sort of. <laughs> McCarthy, McCarthy, Berra, Foley, you had Ebanks Blake, yeah. Stephen Hunt. Seabanks Blake's on Shrewsbury yesterday. Yeah, he looked delighted, didn't Straight from the Aaron Lennon school. Yeah. Of, uh, if you uh, haven't uh, seen, go to shropshirestar.com and, and have a look at um, this picture of, of him signing yesterday. Because, I mean, with this huge Shrewsbury sign next to him and talk about miserable. <laughs> I mean, he literally looks like he's been paid a pound a week, doesn't he? In fairness <laughs> to Sylvain, it's just I think that's just his default look. But, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look great for appearances, does it? <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, I was speaking to, to, to Russell, a sports editor today, and, and for players to come to Villa or, or, or go into West Brom, I mean, when you go into West Brom, it's just dour. You know what you're going to get with Pulis. You know you're going to be hardworking. You know, there's no there's no excitement factor there. And, and Aston Villa, OK, they've gone down, but they're making the right movements. And, you know, there's, there's so much more positive energy that, that you'd want to go to somewhere like that, that that's evolving where you just don't, you can't see that with, with, with West Brom. I think um, I think the, the, the strategy they've they've um, they've brought on is quite shrewd, really. I think if you asked fans what they would have wanted, 
they'd want to spend a lot of money on proven championship players who are going to get them out of the league. And they, they've done exactly that. The, the, the problem is, I guess, as we touched on earlier, is cohesion and getting that team all working together. Um, and Di Matteo, I'm, not, I'm still not convinced on him. He did get Albion at the Championship, but I don't know, there's just something about him that just doesn't quite convince me. Villa look a lot safer about the walls. Yeah, on I, paper. I, on paper, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think I do think they'll be right up there. Can we'll we do our we'll do our percentages again. See, see, no, no, it's, I, not not your club. So let's see. Uh, let's see how well you know Villa. Are you happy with transfer activity, Aston Villa? What was the percentages? One thousand nine hundred people said Joe Massey. First of all, seventy five percent. I was yeah. just going to say seventy five. Seventy. That's why you, you went first. So you went there. Seventy five percent. Seventy six. Mr. Tim Spears takes it. Eighty eight percent happy with Villa's transfer activity, yeah. and you can't you can't argue about it. At least you know from a supporter's point of view, an excitement point of view. Right. Um, Get in touch with us, guys. Podcast at expressandstar.co.uk. That's our email address. Podcast at expressandstar.co.uk. Tweeters, ES underscore podcast one. ES underscore podcast one. We're going to finish off with a mailbag. And if you've got anything else that you need to add, you want to get off your chest, then please let us know from a, from a, from a football point of view. Talk to me. Talking to all of you. All right, okay, I think. <laughs> um, first question. We, 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 have, we have a question for, uh, for Joe. Joe. How much time has John Whitney got, realistically? Um, well, I guess it, it depends how they do. Yeah, of course it depends how they do. He was given a three-year contract when he was named permanent manager, and there was a reason for that. Walsall Board believe in him. Um, I think he'll be given the vast majority of that. I mean, I, I genuinely think he's going to do well. So, yeah, I think he'll get, I think he'll get all three years. Um, I mean, he'll definitely get this season. He'll bar an absolute disaster, and I'm sure he'll be and bar an absolute disaster next season, I'm sure... He'll be there as well. I mean, as long as he shows progression and improvement, they also not a sacking club. I know O'Driscoll came and went, but there was a lot of reasons for that. I think Dean Smith went on winless runs of 15 games. Um, but also understand that you need to stick with your manager. You need to give people time and patience. And I keep talking about time and patience, but that's what Walsall's all about. I mean, they do it with players. They bring young players in, they develop them, they make them better. That is what they'll do with John Whitney. Um, so he's not, un- he's not under any pressure at all, I don't think. Um, and he's, he's there for the long haul. Just, I mean, I have mentioned it a couple of times, check a trade trophy, but... It's embarrassing, it's embarrassing to be it, was, it, was a, it was a fabulous, fabulous, what, the trophy itself? I, mean. <laughs> no, I think it's brilliant. I mean, it's a competition, I mean, obviously much maligned, but that's a bit harsh. Obviously amazing going, going to Wembley. And we talked about Tony Pewis messing up the whole League Cup situation. From, from Whitney's point of view, if they are going to be mid-table come the end of the season... Is this a competition where he would look to think, hang on here? I mean, some people aren't, you know, the effort-wise, you know, they're not putting teams out, some under-23s, it's just mix and match. I fancy having a go at this, and I think we could go to go to Wembley. I know that the, when they lost at Wembley, and I know it was a big deal for Walsall to get to Wembley when it was the Johnson's Paint Trophy final, first time, I think it was 127-year history, they'd made it. Um, but everyone at the club was massively disappointed with how they performed on the day. Mm. Um, so they didn't turn up against Preston um, so all that glitz and glamour of getting to Wembley was pretty much forgotten and I know it really hurts John Whitney um, how they performed on that day so I've got no doubt about it he'd absolutely love to win that competition I mean it's going to be I mean I the competition is a joke and no one quite knows what's going to happen I mean it's going to be interesting to see how it goes I mean the last thing we want is Two Premier League under twenty three sides in the final. Isn't oh, we'll, it? So we'll, we'll take a Warsaw Wolves under twenty three final, Wolves final which right, I don't yeah. think can happen because it's split up regionally, isn't it? It's all right at the end. So right, yeah. So it could but be still. a Wembley final, couldn't it? Well, no. Wouldn't it always be a North via South club in, in the Wembley final? Oh right, so you know, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. 
haven't done too much digging into it to be honest. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe a two-legged area final. Yeah. We'll take that. But, uh, God, Jeff, I mean, it's all about football, it's all about trophies, it's all about winning things. That seems to have been lost somehow. I mean, it's like Arsenal Wenger happy to qualify fourth every year and then do nothing in the Champions League. If Walsall can finish mid-table and win the Checker Trade Trophy, that's a fantastic oh, season. Yeah. Hand on. Yeah. Tim, a few questions for you. First of all, have you booked your accommodation for Newcastle? No, have you? <laughs> I haven't booked it yet. A little bit of background to this, I don't know if you've seen, but... but Back-to-back games. Back-to-back games at St. Yeah. James's Park. And it's only the longest trip of the season, it's fine, it's not a problem. Neither, no. Absolutely <laughs> Absolutely distraught when that came out, absolutely distraught. Uh, I think I got, I got a tweet from you as soon as it got in, it just said, ugh. <laughs> um, I, uh, I think the game's been confirmed for a Tuesday, so... I would imagine Wolves will stay up there. I mean, we discussed this last week, didn't we? But no, I haven't booked, I haven't booked my travel lodge yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, second of all, uh, Cavallero, where do you see him playing and how many goals do you see him scoring? Oh, that's good, isn't it? Mm. Uh, ten goals, left wing. Ten goals, really? Yeah. I think um, I think we see a lot more goals from midfielders because Wolves are probably only going to want to play one central striker for mm. most of the season. If that's Bud Varson, his goal record doesn't suggest he's going to score 20. So it's going to be up to the likes of Cavalero and Costa and Texiero and others to Prince on Yego as well mm. to add the goals. Jordan so Graham. Um, oh, Jordan Graham, he'll be laying them on, mate, will he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah no, yeah. Well, we don't know a huge amount about him. I'm really forward to seeing him play, but yeah, from what we do know about him, I'd say I'd guess about ten goals. Last question of the afternoon: So many debutants potentially at Burton Albion. Can Six. You, can you predict? The starting lineup, Walter Zenger's starting lineup, putting you on the spot here. Are you kidding? No, that's what, that's what it says here. That's what it says here. Um, in goal. Uh, in goal. Carl Kimi in goal. Steeman and Bart will be back too, as discussed. Right. Um, I don't think I'll Steve... disagree, but I think Steeman will be on well, the you're bench. A, you're but... asking me. So. Oh, no, I'm just saying. I think uh, Silvio will be uh, not quite ready yet, so mm-hmm. I awful will stay at right back. Mm-hmm. I think he'll stick with Doherty at left back as well. I don't think not he'll... Connor Cody right back? Uh, oh, kind of Cody. Yeah, I offer's been out of form. Yeah, we'll stick with mm. Cody at right back. Good mm. shout. I think it'll stay with Doherty at left back because he's been playing really well. Both it with Jackson, we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't think I, I don't think he's going to bring in too many debutants in one go necessarily. Yeah. But where he does need to do that is midfield because nobody in midfield bar Cody has staked a claim for a place yet. So I reckon we'll see Sace, maybe Prince, and maybe Texiero as like a midfield three. Yeah. Like quite attacking, but it's Burton at home. Got to go for it. Um, Bod Varson a bit front either Cavalero or Costa as one of the wingers depending on fitness I think Costa's ready for a start but if Cavalero reckon signing he's got he's mm-hmm. got to play if he's, if he's fit mm-hmm. uh, and then I think Jed Wallace as well I, I, I right. think he'll play I don't, I don't think you can be dropping players in form just because mm-hmm. they've signed new players mm-hmm. Zenga's, Zenga's proved he won't do that already no. so that'll do isn't it can I just say on that game, that game against Burton is going to be fascinating because bar none, they are the most organised and cohesive team. We could talk about cohesion in the in football league. Premier League Football League, Burton are number one for organisation. They've right. been completely unspectacular for two years and they've got back-to-back promotions. Incredibly, incredibly well organised. They're going for it as well though this year, aren't they? I heard uh, Nigel Clough kind of saying, you know, we, we, we're not going to sit back and defend. We are, we saw at Forest, I think they lost 4-3 on the other yeah, day. Yeah, so, yeah. So I think they're not going to go down. They're not going to go down with that fight, are they? But if there's any side where all the players know their roles and what they have to do, it's Burton Albion. So it's going to be interesting because Wolves have got the quality, it looks like, on paper. But they have got the team, it seems. So it's going to be fascinating. Cool, that was a nice little preview, wasn't it? From yeah, that I'd say I love that, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Tim, it's been a pleasure. As always. Joe, delighted to welcome you to the podcast. How do you think it went, went first time? Yeah, up? it goes on there. Not, right. not as bad as you thought? No, not as bad as I thought. It was fine, really. Guys, we'll be with you next Friday. This has been the ENS Football Podcast. I'm Nathan Judah. Have a great afternoon.